The following is a Down with a Dig production. This is Ohio Laborers Union and you, helping laborers understand the benefits of being part of a great union. Welcome to another episode of Ohio Laborers Union and You. I'm your host, Bethany Billy. Today we have with us Carl Jefferson. He is the Tri-Funds Field Coordinator for the Ohio Valley Southern States region. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Carl. Hi, Beth, and uh, thank you for having me. Uh, your role with the Tri-Funds, you wear many hats. You want to tell us about some of those hats and what you do? Sure. So um, Tri-Funds is made up of three different funds. Um, these three different funds bring labor management together to expand market share and projects and jobs, uh, enhance, enhance health and safety, and uh, train for the future. So those are the three funds uh, involved with uh, Labor's Employers Cooperation Education and Trust, known as LESIT, uh, Labor's Health and Safety Funds in North America, and uh, Labor's Training. Now, here in Ohio, we already have LESIT funds and our own training funds. Tell me about what you do for those um, in the regional level. Well, it kind of goes together. Um, even though there's an executive trainer, um, I'm sorry, executive uh, director for training and executive director for LESIT, I uh, assist them in Ohio as well. But also as a region through each district and with the states involved, I work on various projects um, that sometimes will be illicit and um, start off a project or something until the uh, state or that region come, or that uh, district comes into, into play. And what about health and safety? We don't have our own health and safety fund here in Ohio, so I know we rely heavily on you uh, to give us the details on what's going on in health and safety. What are some of the things uh, that you're doing throughout the region when it comes to health and safety? Uh, just about everything. Uh, first, I'd like to let you know that in our region, uh, we have two tri-fund field coordinators for Ohio Valley and Southern States region. Uh, I myself primarily cover um, Ohio and Kentucky. And then Justin Hubley is the other tri-fund field coordinator that covers what we call the SEC in football area. So that would be the southern southeast states. Um, we actually provide a lot, everything from occupational safety and health to health promotions, um, you know, the Labor's Health and Safety Fund is a joint labor management group that organizes and builds around uh, commonwealth and, and interests. So we we pretty much cover everything. Uh, it could be anything from health fair coordinations to education and wellness programs, drug-free workplace, safety and health advocacy, site safety and health programs, and consulting on sites, site visits. So there's a lot there. Yeah, and you do a lot not only for our contractors, but also for our members. So you cover uh, the whole gamut of the labor industry. Um, and I know during the pandemic, you know, you were very integral in getting information out to both our members and contractors when it come, came to COVID protocols um, and, you know, safety and also getting some hand sanitizers out. So you were very integral during this whole pandemic. Um, was that something that you did throughout the region or was that just here in Ohio? Yes, I was completely throughout the region. Uh, we work well with the international, uh, with other regions as well to do a campaign. Uh, and then we narrow it down. So OVSS region, we covered everything. Um, like you mentioned, hand sanitizers and information for COVID, um, even protocols for our training centers and offices on what to do and you know how to be safe. Uh, we were able to set all that up. Um, it, it's a very nice 
opportunity and the way it's set up, I'll, I'll call it a program. It's a very nice program to follow, uh, as well as going to job sites. Uh, as I drive around, pass out hand sanitizers, masks, and uh, other uh, safety items, um, sometimes gloves, things like that, to the members on the site, and they're very appreciative of it. Um, I remember stopping at a site, and the contractor was very, very happy and impressed that we had something like that. He says, he really appreciates it because someone cares and he has not seen that from many other um, organizations uh, helping out in the field. Well, yeah. And I remember in the beginning of the pandemic um, when things were just start kicking off, we, you were very important and integral in getting PPE out to our members because laborers were considered essential workers still during the pandemic. So we really didn't have, you know, a lull in work as far as that went. So we definitely had to keep our members safe uh, while they were out there working in the pandemic. Now, you know, you and I talk a lot about work zone safety because we work uh, pretty closely together on a regular basis. Uh, what are some of the things that uh, the TriFunds are doing in regards to work zone safety? Well, we coordinate with all the district councils first, like yourself, um, and programs assist them with vital information, uh, statistics, and things of that nature. But we're also involved with uh, organizations out there that uh, American Transportation Safety Services Association. Um, although this is not work zone, but Waterways uh, Council, National Waterways Foundation. Uh, we do this so that we have information firsthand to uh, be able to protect our workers out there. Uh, we do a lot of research. Um, we also provide information upon if someone is hurt or sometimes even killed in a work zone, um, what we can do to make things better. Um, we're working towards a zero tolerance, a zero goal for workers being injured or killed in the work zone. And that's ultimately what we do there. Um, there's just a, a wide variety of organizations that we work with and information that we provide, as well as enhancement, uh, breaking down barriers and stigma. Um, one major one is uh, orange barrels. Um, in, in Ohio and Kentucky, we use green, high visible green uh, for vests and pants and things of that nature. Because when you wear orange, you're mistaken sometimes as a barrel. And motorists look at barrels, yes, it's a, a blockage uh, between the work zone and, and the traffic, but I, I don't see, even in my travel, I do a lot of traveling, I don't see so many people respecting the barrel. So if you're wearing orange and you're looking like a barrel, you're going to have a lot more or a lot less focus. Well, yeah, the on, big on joke safety. is that the orange barrel is the state flower of Ohio. Because they come up every uh, spring is what the big joke is. So you're right. People start to look at that and just are like, oh, there's the orange barrel that, you know, I constantly see when I'm going down the road. So, yeah, having them stand out like that is incredibly important. So you're, you're right. You don't want people just seeing the orange, orange and thinking it's a barrel. Right. And also, there are so many, like you just mentioned, um, that, that comment about the flower. Um, when is a work zone active? Um, that's a new thing that we're looking at, uh, uh, being able to change the speed limit during that time. If it's Sunday, most people are looking at it that there's no one out working during the work zone on Sunday. So they ultimately speed up and just keep going. Um, so we're trying to, to break that barrier of letting people know there are people working ahead and they are in that work zone. Please slow down. Um, another thing that we're looking at is um, a lot of people have put in a season. Uh, basically for work zones, saying that it's a season. So there's less work zones in the winter, which is true in, in certain states, but there are still people working 
in those zones. There's still construction going on. And something else I like to bring up that, you know, you say work zone, you're only thinking of the construction work zone. But what about in the wintertime, the uh, plow driver, like for ODOT here in this situation, that is their work zone. Uh, even though they're driving the truck and they're plowing the road, that is technically their work zone. So they should have the same respect that when you see those flashing lights and they're putting the salt down upon the road, that you move over, slow down, and give them the right of way because they are actually in their work zone. Um, seasons vary around here because, you know, depending on the weather, uh, we've gone as late as December before the so-called season has changed. So it's dependent upon the weather. I, I kind of don't like the term season. I kind of just, you know, we should be doing this year round. Well, yeah, because in Ohio, it can be winter one day and then spring slash summer the next day. <laughs> That's how crazy the weather here is in this state. Very true. <laughs> A month ago, we had uh, Scott Higgins with Local 860 on, and he was a member who was recently hit uh, while working in a work zone. And one of the things that we talked about with him was mental health and because he was getting ready to go back to work. And, you know, I know that that's one of the things that as uh, the tri fun field coordinator that you is really important to you, the mental health aspect of taking care of our members. Can you talk a little bit about that and why it's so important? Sure. Um, mental health is very important in many for many reasons. Um, one, it's probably the least talked about, least thought about item that we face every day. Uh, people are afraid to talk about mental health and fear that they will be looked down upon. Uh, don't know where to go for you know help or resources in mental health. Don't even know to recognize what the problems are for mental health. So in the case with Scott Higgins. Um, he was struck by a vehicle. He's gone through his protocol, uh, I believe, with uh, rehab and so forth. But now what comes into effect is if he goes back out on the field, what's the mental uh, stress and mental health problem that he may face by getting back on the road? Uh, fear of every time something goes past him, whether it's a, a, a bag blown by him, is he going to jump? Could he put himself in harm's way because he's, he's so fearful of what happened the last time? Or he could be okay. I mean, it's just mental health is just a major, major point and problem that we should be facing and looking at in our industry. Um, and mental health goes a lot farther than just that. The mental health aspects of COVID, how long people have been down, um, family members affected, those that have been sick, all that plays a role. So when workers go to work, how focused are they sometimes? If they have a family member, a kid or something that is down by COVID or for any other reason, it affects them on their job. They're not fully focused all the time. Uh, they're worried. So their focus goes to other places. And that's why mental health is so important. You know, I come from a generation. Well, I think my parents come from a generation where, you know, seeking mental health isn't necessarily something uh, that they approve of. They see it as a weakness. They see it as, why can't you just get it together? Um, so it's definitely come a long way. Uh, from, you know, the days of people, like you said, it's being frowned upon to seek help. And, you know, there's a stigma there, I think. And we're really working hard to, um, you know, not only with Layoon on the Ohio Labors, but throughout um, the whole country to, you know, take that stigma off of mental health. It's not a bad thing to want to get help. So it's awesome that we have these programs out there. And through uh, the International, we also have an in-place assistance program. Is that correct? Yes, we do. Um, it's known as an EAP or sometimes an MAP, Members Assistant Program, um, that comes into play when certain things like a work zone intrusion happens. Uh, just remember that the 
only person, like, again, the Scott Higgins situation, he was struck. But what about the workers that were working with him? They're affected, too, especially if it's a work zone intrusion that causes a fatality. Um, those members have to get themselves back together, have to be able to function, uh, continue on with the job. Work never stops. So we have to prepare them to be able to do that. And it's done with everyone that was affected, um, everyone that was on that particular job. Um, we, we usually sit down and it's uh, actually what is known as a critical incident stress management program or debriefing that we have um, that we do this. Well, and it's not like you said earlier, it's not just for work zone intrusions. The EAP, you know, we have an opioid crisis uh, throughout our region and also throughout uh, the country. And that's something that people can uh, get assistance for through the EAP also. Is that correct? That's true. Um, it also works with the um, health and welfare from each district council as well um, on the insurance side of that. But yes, um, we've gone even a step further. We are working with uh, the U.S. Attorney General um, in the state of Ohio, um, different regions and areas of that, but um, not to be involved in the point like we're on the Ohio uh, Opiate Task Force with the Attorney General. Uh, we're not there for law enforcement or anything like that. They have their job to do. Um, our part is to gather information, and that information is key and vital to our organization on what we can do, uh, resources we can get involved with, helping the communities. I mean, a lot of communities are affected by the drug situation that's going on uh, throughout the state, throughout you know North America. So um, our involvement there is strictly for information, how we can help our members and their families and, and neighbors and so forth. And we've talked about this, um, you know, construction work is hard, backbreaking work. And, you know, it takes a toll on people's bodies. So um, my understanding is that there's quite a few in the construction field that do struggle with an opioid addiction or an addiction to any sort of uh, drug or alcohol. So it's nice to know that there's a program there that you can go to if you do need help and are seeking assistance. Yes, I, I don't know of any addiction problems or anything like that in our organization, but I do know that we have people that suffer from, you know, pain ailments and so forth from the job um, that work through pain all the time. So if there's something that is prescribed for them, that might be something there. But uh, yes, it's, it's very much a, a long term pain industry. One of the other things I wanted to talk to you about is you mentioned um, the Waterways Council and how, you know, here in Ohio, we have started to get quite a bit of work through your uh, role with the Waterways Council. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that uh, organization and your role with them? Yes. Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to attend a uh, ribbon cutting ceremony um, at a lock and dam and the night before we were able to sit down at a dinner and Lieutenant General for Army Corps of Engineers sat at my table and it kind of sparked something from there. So he was all about health and safety and talked to me uh, pretty much about that. Um, it got me involved with the Waterways Council Incorporated, which also led me to being on the board of trustees of National Waterways Foundation. Um, with that, we've been able to work with these foundations and somewhat the core to be able to understand what goes on and help our contractors and our members with projects that the core does on waterways. Uh, it's able to help our signatory contractors get involved and, and get more information as to how they can become a contractor in that type of work, which ultimately provides jobs for our members. 
Uh, it's been a great opportunity and a, a great time to work with these organizations. And uh, it's proven to be uh, very valuable to us. As we've said this over uh, many podcasts, our main goal is to keep our members working in good, you know, high paying jobs uh, to keep their families fed and to keep everybody happy and healthy. And that uh, work with waterways is just another way to add more jobs uh, to get our folks to keep them working, uh, you know, throughout the year on a regular basis. Yes. Um, our waterway system, our inland waterway system throughout our region, and that's Ohio Valley Southern States region, is probably has the most throughout this uh, country. Um, it's also the largest in the world. Um, so, you know, it's a very big part of the United States. It's also part not only of our infrastructure, infrastructure package that's uh, coming into play, but it's also homeland security being able to use that waterway. Um, things that people don't realize is um, the core handles also a lot of projects in the state of Ohio. So a lot of your locks, dams, but also a lot of your inland lakes, inland waterway systems, even uh, your water streams that travel, you know, metro parks and things like that. And they're involved with all that, making sure that it's running correctly, that um, erosion doesn't take in place and things of that nature. So there's a lot more work involved there than most people realize. Um, those are just some of the great opportunities we, we've been able to uh, have by uh, working with them. And I know I focused quite a bit on Ohio, but that's because, you know, I work in Ohio and that's where I am. Um, do you want to tell us about some of the projects and things that you're working on throughout the entire region? Highlight some of those projects. Like I said, the waterways uh, projects, but we're also working with um, organizations for a heavy highway. Um, talking about a new superstructure highway that's trying to be put in place, um, autonomous vehicles, uh, robotics, drones, uh, way of the future for construction is also going to have a lot of high tech. So we're looking at things in that nature um, throughout the region and getting involved that way. Um, other things that are going on is uh, coal mining and dust, uh, you know, black lung, depending on where you are in this region, is a huge uh uh, I would say problem that's becoming more of a problem than before. Uh, black lung and coal dust happen for those working in mines, but as technology grows, uh, machinery gets better. And what's happening is you're, instead of having chunks of coal coming out, you're getting more of a granular type coal coming out because these machines are grinding it up more, which is creating more dust. Uh, speaking of dust, uh, silica is a huge campaign and program we've been working on uh, to, you know, help, protect members and contractors do the right thing to keep uh, silica exposure levels down. Uh, it's a long-term effect on our members. Um, ultimately gives you respiratory problems and various other things in the long run. What is silica, Carl? I don't know what silica is. It's in the hospitals though, right? That's where. No, silica is a dust that uh, is created by grinding uh, basically rock. Um, and when you think of that, you think of, okay, when you see a saw cut, or someone saw cutting out on the road and you see a big dust plume that's out there, mm -hmm. that's silica. Oh, um, okay. Uh, it even goes as far as if you check silica's uh, standards and so forth, it goes down to a diamond cutter, you know, someone that works the jewelry. It's still a rock. So that's basically what silica is, is cutting into um, rock material, creating dust. What's the one in the hospitals? That's infection control risk oh, assessment. That's what I was thinking about. Sorry. I got uh, that yes, confused uh, with silica. All these ac an acronyms. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
depending on which organization I'm working with, it, I forget my name sometimes. So don't <laughs> feel bad about that. Uh, yes, ICRA is known as an infectious uh, risk control. Basically, what that is, is is a protocol that you must follow in hospitals. Um, it's not regulated by OSHA. It's actually done by the hospital owners and, you know, those organizations. And primarily what it does is uh, they set up a protection barrier and, and protocols of how you must function in a hospital, especially with construction. So when you're in there in the hospital working, there's certain barriers that have to be done, negative air, things of that nature, uh, to protect not only the workers, but protect those injured in the hospital, those working in the hospital, those are um, in the hospital for treatment so that they don't get exposed to anything due to construction or any other form that may come out of any type of work. Um, it's a very deep um, subject. There's a lot to cover in that. And maybe at a later date, we can have another podcast on that because it's one that needs to be talked about. Yeah. And that was something that you were very um, heavily involved in with uh, Labor's Local 310 in the Cleveland area in the Cleveland Clinic, I believe, correct? Yes, my career, I spent a lot of uh, time working with uh, Cleveland Clinic. I've worked over 15 different building projects in my career. So I was there when ICRA um, was pushed to a higher level. Um, to give you an example, we have to cover all of our gondolas, which are waste bins that we use. Uh, used to be we had to cover them with sheets, and then it moved to a container top lid, um, moving from an area where we normally travel um sometimes next to patients and so forth. The new protocol was we had our own area. So we were completely separated from the rest of the hospital. Our own uh, dumpster that had to be covered. I mean, these are the type of things that come with ICRA so that nothing can get out. Uh, give you an example. There's things there in the hospital. You look at their um, inner system. Uh, we're in there chipping concrete or busting out concrete for a renovation or something. Well, you never know. There could be uh, blood that's in the concrete because concrete has pores. It could be some type of virus or anything that can live. And when you break that up and put it into the air, that can get into your eyes. Any moisture could reactivate something, and there you're being contaminated or infected. So those are the things that we look at in ICRA to help prevent. One of the other things that um, you talking about um, the coal mines and working down in Kentucky, Kentucky with the dust, uh, it made me think of, you know, coal mine collapses and things like that do tend to happen, um, or whether it is a building collapse, or, you know, something happens in a work zone. I know that you guys have, you have uh, worked on in your team, uh, an emergency response. Yes, we have uh, worked on an emergency response program. Uh, it's, it's still in the works. We're waiting to finalize. Um, I know that the Health and Welfare uh, Department for Ohio is on the um, Lyuna um, EAP task force. So we're waiting to see what comes out of that right now before we start putting things together. Because if they're able to put an EAP together for Ohio, then we would change our, our, our approach and add to it. So it's something that's still in the works, but uh, something that's needed because we've had some uh, – incidents or accidents, I should say. And the biggest thing is people, when I say people, members, uh, business managers, so forth, don't always know what to do or where to go. And we'd like to set that table so that there's a flow of when an incident occurs, they know exactly, boom, step by step what should be done or the next person in line or the next person can be able to do that. 
Um, there's been a couple incidents where the business manager was very close and some parts uh, in Kentucky, there was one where it was a business manager's family. So you have to look at that and say their mind and where they're thinking, how they're thinking right now isn't really towards, you know, what's going on. They're focused on their family members. So therefore we need to have a program in place so that we can, uh, you know, make sure everything's being taken care of during that time of need. Sounds like you're staying very busy. I know <laughs> that your schedule is always booked up. Whenever we're on a call, you always have another call that you got to hop on. Uh, so you want to tell us about some of the things you're looking forward to uh, for the rest of the year that you're working on? The biggest thing that I'm looking for right now is working with our business managers and our locals. Um, as we're hopefully coming out of this pandemic and getting back to some type of normal life, uh, I want to be able to sit down with the business managers, work with them directly, find out their needs, what they've gone through during the pandemic, what's going on with the contractors, you know, what are some of the things they've been looking at for help. I do know that since the pandemic has happened, uh, owners of construction sites and so forth, meaning owners of buildings and things like that, have had a higher demand for what's your, what's your uh, COVID uh, program? Do you have one? Uh, what's your site safety and health program? Do you have one? Uh, are you following silica program? You know, these are things that, yeah, they were talked about and somewhat done before, but they're really pushing that now today. So we want to make sure that happens. The other thing is infrastructure, um, as it's starting to become a reality, uh, preparing them for what's going to happen to infrastructure. I've been on numerous webinars, Zoom meetings, calls, you name it, where that's all being discussed. And high priority is health and safety. Uh, everyone wants to know about health and safety and what we're going to do during this infrastructure. Those, those are the key things I'm looking forward to for 2021 and sitting down and working with everyone. Well, we covered a lot today, Carl. Uh, I want to thank you for stopping by and uh, telling us all about the things that you do as the Tri-Funds Field Coordinator for the Ohio Valley Southern States region. Well, thank you, Beth. And thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to talk about Tri-Funds and health and safety. For more information about everything that Carl and I discussed today, you can find links in the show notes. And please remember to like and subscribe and to leave a review for us where you listen to all your podcasts. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Views and comments on this program may not be those of the Ohio Labor's District Council or of LIUNA. This has been a Down with the Dig production.